This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. First up, the Home Ministry has been criticised by CSOs for their denial that there has been mistreatment of detainees at the Kimanis Immigration Depot. So to begin at the beginning, um, there were... There were videos. Uh, there was a video and pictures of emaciated men allegedly detained at Kimanis asking for help that started circulating. Uh, in that video, one of the detainees was appealing to Chief Minister Dr. Sri Hajiji Noor and State Immigration Director Dr. SH Siti Saleha Habib Yusuf to release them. And the man in that video alleged that detainees were not given enough food and drink. Um, and so... Where the denial comes in is that the Home Minister then said, uh, you know, well, it doesn't appear that these are valid and and went on to give reasons as to why, uh, claiming that the detainees were already in a state of decline before coming to Kimanis. Um, The Home Minister, Dr. Sri Saifuddin Nasution Ismail, added that one needs to look at the facts and see whether the detainees were living a a healthy lifestyle before they were detained and said that the media should not overplay the issue and it was unfair to give a biased report. So that initial... That initial report, followed by the Home Minister's reaction, has prompted an, I think it's fair to call it, an outpouring of criticism from CSOs who work on the ground saying that it's insufficient. So that's exactly it, right? I mean... Look, I am willing to acknowledge that this is a new ministry, right? They've just come into the position. There's a lot of work to be done. But to dismiss claims uh, without necessarily going to the ground is really something that has come under fire. And and that's really the point of contention when it comes to this. So if we look at um, the responses, the Malaysia International Humanitarian Organization, for instance, has urged the Home Ministry to uh, look into the crisis and that they should also consider allowing other NGOs to enter the detention centre to check for the situation, check on the situation themselves, um, and they talked about how they've been getting reports on food and health crises at Kimanis that was being corroborated by family members of detainees, um, and also pointed out surely. Um, not all individuals in the video could have the same pre-existing conditions before they entered Kimanis. Um, similarly, Lawyers for Liberty slammed uh, the minister's response, saying uh, that he was downplaying the food and health crisis at the detention centre and that it wasn't good governance to just dismiss the complaint and instead the whistleblower should be offered protection and not punished for speaking out. Um, so, Basically, a lot of criticism in terms of what's being done and perhaps what seems like a response that uh, doesn't take into account the severity of what appears to be the situation. So just to close off, uh, Suhakam is investigating the allegations of ill treatment. They are also waiting for approval from the Immigration Department to conduct a site visit. And uh, we mentioned earlier that the Home Minister had said that you need to look at the facts. Uh, the, the issue shouldn't be overplayed. He also said uh, or asked his critics to allow him some time to receive briefings from the agencies under his purview before he is able to work on changing things, noting that it was only his fifth day in office uh, and that it's therefore unfair to pass judgment.
So we are going to be hearing from one of the CSOs that have um, expressed dissatisfaction with the handling of this issue. We'll be joined after this by Mahi Ramakrishnan, who's the founder of Beyond Borders. But in the meantime, share your thoughts with us. With a new Home Minister in place, what would you like to see when it comes to migrant issues? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp, or send us a voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bombing frustrated minds. BFM eighty nine point nine. It's just coming up to 5.13. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're talking about criticism levelled at the Home Ministry for denying that there had been mistreatment of detainees at the Kimanis Immigration Depot. Um, And so we are asking you, with a new Home Minister in place, what would you like to see when it comes to migrant issues? You can call 777-332-900, WhatsApp or send us a voice note 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is Mahi Ramakrishnan, founder of Beyond Borders. Mahi, good to have you with us. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, So, Newly appointed Minister Datusri Saifuddin Nasution Ismail has been called out for his response to these claims of abuse at Kimanis um, because he essentially denied the claims and said that it was, quote-unquote, unfair to overplay the allegations. How does this kind of response impact migrants, refugees and the issue of their rights in the country? Actually, it was, uh, you know, it was quite shocking because someone like me, for example, and I believe that, you know, other CSOs as well thought that this is an Anwar Ibrahim-led administration and you know he has said that he will think he will do things differently and that his cabinet members are also appointed to certain portfolio because he believes that they will also go down to the ground and check out allegations and do things differently so when Saifuddin Nasution quickly you know dismissed the allegations or the video that was surfacing that had surfaced out of the Kimanis detention center it was kind of disappointing for me and I'm I believe for the other CSOs as well because it shows us that you know he is more than happy to immediately take a stand, as take a stand, sorry, and that is with what the immigration has said, as opposed to actually going down on the ground to figure out what's happening. And uh, that I thought was, you know, was a bad start. To be to be honest with you. So the minister has been advised not to take the briefings by the IGP and Immigration Department at face value. Uh, is this an impractical suggestion, though? Because how else would he then be able to make a proper assessment? You know, I think that he should listen to what is being said to him. But I also think that he should do an Anthony Lok. Lok actually turned up at the LRT stations between 5 and 7 to gauge what was actually happening. He wanted to experience what the other passengers were were experiencing, right? So what I was saying when I actually spoke to the other media is that he should have actually gone down to the Kimanis Detention Center, you know, and did a, a quick spot check, for example. He doesn't have to call the media. He doesn't have to tell anyone that he's actually going to get there. But he should have just gotten there. Because, you know, that is the only way you'll actually know the truth. So, yes, listen to what you're briefed. Listen to your SecGen. Listen to whoever else in the immigration department. But then make your own decision based on your own experience, which means he really needs to turn up at the Kimanis Detention Center. And he didn't do that. Does he potentially also need to examine the reporting system itself? I believe so, because, you know, it's like, I mean, this, these allegations, right, of abuse against migrant workers is not something that we are listening to now. It has been going on for decades. You know, I'm sure everyone remembers Irene Fernandez, who actually had this long court case because she exposed 
um, the uh, appalling detention conditions and as well as the food and you know unhygienic conditions and also unclean water that the inmates were served and uh, you know she 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 took the brunt of it but she she kept on to it and so we have known about these uh, abuses uh, from from that time right up to when Suhakam also wrote reports about the same thing. And we have had other CSOs talking about it as well. So something needs to happen because we cannot, in this new administration, also listen to what you know people in the immigration tell us and take it as at face value and say, OK, so they say that everything is in order, so it has to be in order. So he really needs to look at revamping the entire system. You mentioned earlier that the best way for the minister to assess the situation is to personally visit the detention centre to investigate and find solutions. And, you know, this is something that we talk about when it comes to ministerial visits as a whole, right? That when they come to visit areas that, that are troubled or, or that you know there to be issues, the situation is maybe sanitised or the best possible version yeah. of, of a space is presented. So right. for the minister to go himself or for any officials to go themselves, what should the process involve for it to be most effective? I think he should just turn up. I mean, exactly like what Anthony Locke did. He just turned up and he, he got on these trains to experience for himself as to what was actually happening. And, you know, he did it so quickly. And then we have Saifuddin Nasution who says that, you know, I've been uh, at work for only X number of days, so, you know, don't be quick to judge me. But I would have thought that what he would have done is to just turn up and done it as a spot check. He could have just taken, uh, you know, an officer or two when he's actually leaving. You know, these things are easy for him to do because he is in power. He is the minister. And he, too, I'm sure, will know that the, that is the best way for him to actually figure out what's happening on the ground, to actually go and see these detainees and figure out if, you know, they're actually given proper meals, if, you know, if the drinking water is actually clean. You know, why are they looking emaciated? What's actually happening? And what kind of uh, changes or reforms we need to bring into the system so that we don't see this happening, so that, you know, inmates can be treated as human beings as well and in better dignified conditions. So the last time that you spoke to us, you talked about there being difficulty in engaging with the previous Home Minister, Datuk Sri Hamza Zainuddin, uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to issues involving refugees and, and migrant workers. What would you like to see from the new minister in terms of effective engagement with stakeholders? Actually, you're right. I did tell you, right, about how difficult it was. And I think we were also tweeting and we went to all other media saying that we need him to actually sit down and, and, and just, you know, listen to what we have got to say so that we can reach a consensus. It never happened, right? So here, I would really like to see uh, the new Home Minister engaging with uh, civil society organizations and also community-based organizations and other key stakeholders to actually talk to community leaders from migrant communities, to talk to community leaders from refugee communities, for example, so that he understands what people are actually going through on the ground. That is the only way he is able to make informed policy decisions where, you know, the aspirations of the people and especially the lived experiences of those who have been affected are also taken into consideration. And like I keep saying this, I keep saying this everywhere I go, we see a new government and we see Anwar Ibrahim talking about a shift. We see him talking about accountability and and legitimacy and also good governance. So I do expect these cabinet ministers ministers to do things differently. So... With that said, though, uh, can we rely solely on the minister to directly monitor detention centres or for that matter to, um, you know, kind of monitor migrant issues or rather who else needs to be involved in this process? See, the thing is, I would really like access to access for CSOs, 
and also Suhakam and also UNHCR to the immigration detention centers. And these should be spot checks which are allowed. Like you said, there is no point us going with 20 people and the whole place is sanitized and everyone is looking pretty. We do not want that. We want to actually see what's happening on the ground. So you can actually work with uh, CSOs, for example. I mean, of course, he will say, so, you know, what if everyone claims that they are CSOs or that they run organizations and things like that? So maybe he can actually look at people who have been, who have registered themselves, who are properly registered. And, you know, everyone knows the, the Suhakam commissioners. And you can also have representatives from the UNHCR to actually, you know, go on spot checks to allow for that to happen. So I think he really needs to think out of the box and uh, kind of rope in these CSOs and other key stakeholders, uh, to actually do these monitoring processes with him. We have a WhatsApp from a listener, Zach, who's saying, KDN is a huge ministry. He has so many things on his plate. Why should we prioritize detention centers over Malaysian citizens? Any thoughts on that? You know, you know I think it's always this positioning of us versus them that has actually resulted in this kind of a condition for the migrant workers, where they continue to be exploited, persecuted, and also, um, you know, abused. So, and this starts because, you know, we have, or we have had governments before that actually played up sentiments against migrant workers and refugees as a way of scoring brownie points ahead of a general election, for example, or by-elections, for example. So I don't think this can continue. I, can, I cannot, for the life of me, actually put Malaysians and migrant workers or refugees on a weighing scale and tell myself that, hey, we are much more important than them. How do you do that? How do you even receive or, or, or come, to a, come to a conclusion like that? So I think we really need to be more embracing. We need to understand that crossing borders to look for better employment opportunities is not a crime. And that is a starting point in itself for us to embrace migrant workers, to kind of try and understand their issues. And yes, I do understand that KDN is a big ministry and the minister has just come into power and he has got lots of things to do. But that doesn't mean that he cannot or should not prioritize the abuse that migrant workers say that they are experiencing. We wouldn't want anyone who make up the larger part of Malaysian society to go through targeted persecution, abuse, or have violence unleashed against them. It feels like, and you said this yourself, you know, we, we talk about this constantly. It feels like we're retreading a lot of the same ground. Have there been any efforts, um, you know, say in the last 15 years or so, to ensure that our policies, our centres measure up to international human rights standards? Actually, Sharmila, if we did, I don't think we'll be having this conversation, would we? <laughs> you know, because the thing is, when we look at international standards, we are looking at food and medicine and access to clean drinking water, bedding and clothing and access to uh, books and magazines, for example. We are also looking at access to embassies and high commissioners and high commission, sorry, and we are looking uh, towards access to legal representation, translators, interpreters, for example. And we are also looking at the fact that these people have a right to remedy, which means that they should be able to bring their cases up in a, in a court of law. Have we actually seen this happen? We have not. And also the, the fact that, you know, they should be, there should be a mechanism that actually reviews uh, the kind of uh, the, the detention period, for example, to see how long they have been detained and why they have been detained for so long and try and make it as short as possible. Because, you know, if you really look at uh, uh, many of the migrant workers who are being detained, they are be being detained because of the fact that they do not have documents. 
Now, this is an administrative offense and not a criminal offense, but they continue to be treated like criminals. So to answer your question, we're a long way off from, uh, you know, doing anything that matches up to international standards. Now, if we take a step back from this particular situation, overall, how can detention centres be reformed? I think you really need to make sure that, you know, the reporting processes is transparent, is accountable, and the minister will have to rope in, like I said just now, and I keep saying over and over, he has to have an oversight uh, body that actually monitors what's happening. Like, you know, we talk about IPCMC to look at police misconduct. We also need to look at a, a, partic- uh, a specific body that actually looks at the, the misconduct by immigration authorities. We, he needs to work together with CSOs and community-based organizations and also other key stakeholders to look at what needs to be put in place uh, so that, you know, we can be assured that um, immigration uh, detainees in immigration centers are not treated like like criminals. For example, you know they should not even be held in prison-like conditions. But that is exactly how they are being held. So I think that you know the minister should immediately kickstart conversations with CSOs, community-based organizations, and other key stakeholders. Allow for access for spot checks by commissioners, so Hakam commissioners as well as UNHCR and selected CSOs, so that you know. You know, that, that mitigates the fact that he has to go through a whole list of CSOs who work on migration issues and also make sure that the reporting process is much more, uh, much more accountable and transparent. Like, for example, when he turns up, and I really hope that he turns up at the Kimani's detention center, he has to make sure that the findings are made public. Then, you know, it's, it's a, it's a two-way communication where he communicates with us and we are also able to share, uh, our aspirations and our recommendations and suggestions with him. Amidst all this, there's also been an emphasis for the minister to look into the management of foreign workers uh, that would cover all levels of the migration cycle. So recruitment, placement, employment, repatriation, reintegration. What gaps do we have in these areas and what policies should be introduced to address them? I think, uh, you know, I stand corrected, but I think that uh, when it comes to labour migration, it's now under the Human Resources Ministry. But you and I both know that there have been talks about, you know, how or how uh, foreign labor is actually a way for people to make money. There's lots of corruption in, from the time that they are recruited. There are lots of corruption and abuse involving third parties and labor agents right up to recruitment, the way that they are treated in their employers, by their employers, the kind of accommodation that they are given, right up to, you know, when they want to leave and when they are held in detention and the the whole repatriation and reintegration. We don't even have that, the whole reintegration actually happening. We do talk about it. So I really think um, that this minister has to put in place certain mechanisms that looks at the whole recruitment process, look at what the labor agents are doing, because we have been talking about getting rid of, of uh, you know, agents and third parties, but it has not really happened. So I think he needs to look at these more seriously. And I think some of the suggestions need to come from community uh, and community-based organizations and community leaders themselves so that he can incorporate this into policymaking. Mahi, we have just about a minute and a half left. What other policy changes would you like to see being made within the Home Ministry? 
I think for starters, I would really like to call upon the Home Minister to kickstart conversations with CSOs and community-based organizations, as well as other key stakeholders. And I really hope that, you know, he either listens to this or someone tells him about this. And we have also written press statements and we have put it out there. And I hope that, you know, we can use this as a as a starting point to kickstart um, a working arrangement or a yeah, working arrangement with his administration. I think that will go a long way in uh, for him to actually look at uh, policies in a in a in a more comprehensive fashion. I think. Mahi, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you very much for having me. That was Mahi Ramakrishnan, founder of Beyond Borders, weighing in on, um, well, criticism levelled at the Home Minister for denying um, allegations of abuse at the Kimanis Immigration Depot. Uh, And so we've been asking you, with a new Home Minister in place, what would you like to see when it comes to migrant issues? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp, or send us a voice note at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So keep it here on the Evening Edition. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.